What up, guys? Your boy Quake, and I'm back with another episode of the Diverse Mentality Podcast. We are on number four, episode four for this month. We're about to actually finish it off, I think, with episode five for next Saturday. So five episodes in this month. Uh, the title of this episode is Solo Dolo. The reason why I'm calling it that is because my brother Vito isn't here. Normally he would say what's up, but he's had uh, a couple of personal things going on and he had to go deal with, uh, which happens, you know. Sometimes I'll have people to fill in when he's not here. Sometimes I won't. Sometimes I'll just write it solo dolo. And I'm kind of used to doing it. I mean, I've been doing YouTube like this. So it's just in this format, I have to consistently talk for whatever, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, an hour. So we'll see how long this episode is with just by myself talking about certain topics. And uh, yeah, so sometimes there's going to be me, uh, me and my brother. And then there's going to be sometimes me and somebody else, a different co-host that I feel like would probably be cool to have. And then there's going to be, you know, just me and the artist, you know, so you never know what, what, you know, what the next episode is going to be. But for today is just me. And I got quite a few things to talk about, some personal things from artists, some things that are just public and um, some that relate to just battles and hip hop, which is dope to talk about. So um, I want to ease into this in a nice way because I don't like to, this topic kind of goes into the personal life of the artist. So I kind of do not like talking about these things just because, um, you know, this is what the media reports, you know, you don't know what's hundred percent accurate. You don't know what's going on, but have you ever been, you know, have you ever grown? And when you've grown, you've kind of just stopped dealing with bullshit in your life. You know, the older you get, the less you deal with it. And as time goes on, you just kind of cut people off that, you know, kind of just waste your time or always want to get into, you know, problems and trouble. And, you know, whether it's a friend, whether it's, a girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever, um, whether it's a family member, sometimes it's family members you have to cut off because they're always on some stupid shit. And that's the case with this. And I, I was talking to my friend Sahib a couple of days ago, shout out to him about this actual topic, you know, and I've noticed when I was 18 years old is when I decided, and that's pretty young age to decide this, you know, which kind of shows my mentality at the time, how mature I was. But at that age, I kind of realized not to hang out with a lot of people because the more people you hang out with, the more problems because everyone has their own opinion. Everyone involves other people. And then the next thing you know, you're, you know, arguing back and forth about stupid shit. And as time goes on, you realize you do not have enough time on this planet Earth. Time is flying and you don't want to spend it arguing with people, talking whatever smack with people, whatever the case may be. Excuse me. And so as life goes on, that's why, you know, when you see old people like in uh, like locker rooms or whatever, you ever seen those scenarios where like an old person just walks around naked in a locker room where, you know, people are after they play sports or whatever the case may be in a gymnasium or something like that. And they just walk around freely because they don't give a shit anymore. They're old. They're like, eh, who gives a shit? People see, you know, my private parts. So uh, that's basically they've reached that point in their life where they're like, you know what? You know what? It's, it is what it is. It doesn't matter. Like none of these small things matter. And I realized that at 18, but some people, it takes them a little while to realize that. And, you know, they can go through the same type of problems and still not learn from those. And those type of people I feel bad for because it's usually the people that's surrounding them that are causing all these toxic things. And this leads me to the first topic, which is young book. Um, I just recently actually DM'd Young Buck to get on this podcast. No, that's not the surprise guest that we were talking about in the last episode, but I recently DM'd him to get on the podcast because 
I've been wanting to talk to him about um, just his career, where he's went, you know, uh, his situation with G Unit, Fifty, all them banks, and where he stands with them, and uh, just you know, overall his career. I want to do a what happened two video on Buck as well because I want to highlight some of his mixtapes and tracks that people kind of slept on, and I usually tend to do that in the What Happened Two series. So this topic is a little more on his personal life, but um, a couple of days ago. Uh, TMZ reported that Young Buck's girlfriend allegedly fired a gun at Young Buck during their like dispute. They had a dis- disagreement, argument, and she allegedly fired a weapon. So let's let me go over the quick TMZ report, and then it says this: Young Buck might have dodged a bullet. We've learned his girlfriend got busted by the cops after allegedly firing a gun while squaring off with him. Law enforcement sources tell TMZ. G-Unit rapper and his girlfriend were involved in a domestic incident Tuesday at a home in Tennessee, and at some point, she allegedly picked up a firearm and let off a few rounds. Excuse me. She, as you can see in the image captured by someone, so there is an image here. It basically just shows her on the driveway kind of aiming a gun at Young Buck's vehicle, and I don't know if Young Buck's in the car, but the report says he was, so I'm going to take their word for it. It says an image captured by someone who says they witnessed the incident appears to show Young Buck's girlfriend pointing a gun toward his truck at the foot of the driveway. Our sources say it's unclear if anyone was struck by gunfire or where the girlfriend was aiming. We're told she was arrested and booked for her reckless endangerment with a deadly weapon. And you can see her mugshot. Um, basically, kind of looks like she knows she did it. <laughs> She's she Her face expression is like, damn, like I know I'm in trouble. So... Um, the news report continues and says young Buck's girlfriend admitted to the cops. She fired at least two shots during an argument with Buck that ignited over social media passwords. According to the police affidavit, the officer says Buck's girlfriend told him young Buck told them that young Buck flipped over a large glass table in the home during the fight and grabbed her by her jacket and tried to throw her to the ground. She told cops she escaped his grasp and went to the bedroom where she retrieved a handgun for a, from a gun safe. Neil told police Young Buck ran into the, the room and she pointed the gun at the ground. She claims Buck saw the firearm and went down to the garage where he started kicking a wall. According to the cops, Neil claims she went down to the garage, stood at the top step, and Young Buck started to come up the stairs aggressively. Neil told police she then fired a shot into the ground at the top of the stairs and Buck started yelling at her to shoot him before jumping in his truck. Next, Neil told the cops she went outside to see if Young Buck had left, but he was still there, and he revved the truck and started driving towards her. Police say Neil claims she fired another shot outside and didn't think she hit anyone and insisted she wasn't trying to shoot Buck. When the dust settled, Neil told cops the damage to the home included two damaged TVs, paint thrown all over the room, living room and foyer, plus a broken, broken glass table. So after this news report comes out, a couple days later, Young Buck himself gets arrested. And literally the day before this, I DM'd him um, to talk, you know, about possibly bringing him on the podcast. So the next day, this news report comes out, Young Buck getting arrested on domestic charges. So the article says, uh, WKRN reports the 39-year-old rapper, legal name David Donovo, was arrested Thursday in Tennessee on hand on a handful of charges, including domestic assault. Summer County Sheriff's Office confirmed Buck was held on a $60,000 bond 
but has not provided any more details on what led to his arrest. He was also charged with vandalism over $10,000, as well as unlawful possession of a weapon. News of Young Buck's arrest comes just days before his girlfriend, you know, was taken to custody. Um, and in 2016, he got locked up again. Young Buck was sentenced to seven months in prison after he violated terms of probation stemming from a domestic violence case. He was also arrested back in December 2019 on a fugitive warrant in Georgia. The warrant was issued for child abandonment. So now you guys know why I kind of entered in the way I entered in with this topic. Um, at a certain point in your life, and I can't speak on Buck, I can't speak on you know anyone's personal issues because I don't know what's going on. I don't know the ins and outs, and I don't really care to know what's going on. But um, for me in my personal life, when I see people are toxic and are bringing like the worst out of me instead of the best, and they're constantly instigating things, you know, putting things in my ear. And I see this happen on, even on YouTube as a platform. There's a lot of hip hop people that make a lot of content. And you'll even see, um, and these people I don't know, just people in the comments will say, oh, this person did this video and did it better than you. Or this person made this video and they did it before you did it. And all this type of stuff to try to put things in your ear so you can kind of hate another person or just cause problems, you know. And people like controversy and people just thrive off that. People who are not happy with their lives thrive off controversy. I never want to see this situation for Young Buck. Young Buck to me is part of my childhood um, he's one of my favorites in G unit. He brought that energy. He brought those crazy, uh, South energy. You know, every time he'd get on records, it'd be aggressive. So I hate when I see this about, you know, news about young buck having to go through these legal problems still. And he's about to reach 40 years old. It's like, you know, at a certain point, buck, if you're watching this, you just need to cut out, man, certain people in your life, man. It has to be someone around you, some people around you that just do not want to see you do good. And they're instigating these things. And you run into these type of problems with people and it's happened to me. It's happened to everybody, you know, and you need to catch that, cut it out of your life, that toxicity and hopefully replace it with something more positive. And sometimes, you know, you don't replace it with something more positive. Sometimes again, it repeats, but you need to cut that out again and try to be a better judge of character, you know? So, um, this whole situation in, in itself is just, it sucks, man. Cause Buck was getting ready to release Buck back on my Buck shit volume three on January 1st. So I don't know if he's going to get to do that. I'm sure he's going to post the the bond of 60,000 or the bail and uh, yeah, 60,000 bond. Um, I'm sure he'll be able to post that, but it's just, you know, Buck's even when Buck was back with G unit in 2014, you know, they had a track called free on Buck because he was already locked up again because of other things. So at a certain point, man, it's just, you know, you go from being a multimillionaire rapper to, um, you know, still being rich, but just having, you know, a bunch of stupid things, you know, the older you get, like I said, you shouldn't want to have these things in your life, you know? And I don't know if that's, if it's the girlfriend's fault, if it's Buck's fault, that's, I don't know. I wasn't there, but that clearly that relationship is not, you know, something that either of them should be involved in. If they're getting to the point where, you know, someone's threatening to shoot somebody, like that's, that's some serious shit. And that's not, it's not a healthy relationship at all. It should never escalate to that point, whether it's with friends, family, you know, if you're escalated to the point where you're, you have the the need or feeling to, to harm this person or shoot, it, it's not a good, and if it constantly keeps happening, you know, we're humans. We'll, we'll get mad here and there and we'll do something we regret. And that's just how life is. You know, we're humans. We make mistakes, but if it's constantly happening and 
it just keeps happening, keeps happening, keeps happening. Then clearly something here is not right. And this relationship just isn't meant to have to even, you know, take place. So, um, so yeah, I try to reach out to Buck. Um, I don't know what's going to go on. I hope, you know, all this gets resolved and I hope Buck stays out of trouble because, um, like I said, man, I never want to see, you know, anything bad happen to any of the artists that I love or anybody period. So to this, this is just a sad situation. And I hope, um, Buck, you know, and his girlfriend, you know, solve this and just move on from the situation. I hope this never happens again because in and out of these type of problems is just sad situation. So, um, next topic. And this guy is, man, he's a billionaire. So this isn't, you know, surprising to me because I keep up with, you know, uh, markets in today's time. So I'm going to get into a little bit of business talk here when I'm, when I talk about this, uh, Jay-Z, Jay-Z just announced a new marijuana brand called Monogram, Monogram, um, I think, uh, Monogram, yeah, probably, uh, let's go over the article here, Jay-Z has announced his first marijuana line called Monogram, which will be, which will be released by Calvia, the California weed company he joined as a chief brand strategist last July, according to a press release, the brand seeks to redefine what cannabis means to consumers today with a careful strain selection, meticulous cultivation practices, and uncompromising uh, uh, uncom quality. While Hove has launched a website and Instagram account to tease the new line, he hasn't revealed any new details of monogram strains or other products. It's also unclear when the brand will arrive in dispensaries and whether it will be only sold in California or in other states where weed has been legalized. Let me go over this um, post quick. Um, hand finished. So yeah, they posted a picture uh, saying hand finished, which is just a person holding, to describe for you audio listeners, um, a person holding uh, weed, roll, weed blunts, all that shit. So um, yeah, I'm probably going to get this, the, the, <laughs> the wording of everything wrong because I'm not, I don't smoke weed, so. Um, to boost his new endeavor, Jay-Z has deputed, debuted a uh, new title playlist, Monogram Sounds from the Grow Room, which is dope. On title, he did a whole playlist revolving, you know, around artists that, that smoke weed or talk about weed. So obviously they have Bob Marley there, Rihanna, uh, Fela, Fela Kuti, Peter Tosh, Bob, of course, or Civic Outcast. So that's dope. Um, then Jay-Z says, anything I do, I want to do correctly and at the highest level. Jay-Z said in 2019 when he announced his new rule of Calibre. With all the potential in the new cannabis industry, Calivia's expertise and ethos make them the best partners for this endeavor. We want to create something amazing and have places and have fun in the process. Do good and bring people along the way. So speaking this in business terms, um, speaking about this in business terms, as weed becomes legalized in pretty much every state, which I'm sure is going to happen sometime soon, um, Obviously, there's new business. There's new markets that come out. Me, personally, and this is, I'm not advising you guys to do this. If you're listening, don't, you know, jump the gun and be like, oh, Quake told me to do this. So I'm going to go do this because I don't, I'm not a financial advisor. I'm not an expertise in everything. So me, I've invested in quite a few uh, marijuana stocks myself. So, um, you know, it's, and they're cheap right now. They're fairly cheap. Some of them are like a dollar, some are 30 cents, some are $2 a share. So I would advise, you know, do your research. Don't just listen to what I'm saying, but I would advise if you're into stocks, look up some marijuana stocks, 
do your research the right way, and then buy some stocks. Um, because once it becomes legalized, they're bound to go up and they're bound like see how Jay-Z announces. Like, imagine if this, which I don't know if it is, I probably, this Sylvia, whatever, they, they joined with Jay-Z. Imagine if there was a stock available for this and this news comes out. Obviously, the stock would go up because Jay-Z, for the most part, he's been successful in almost basically every venture he has. So that's my point is, you know, you always look to what's to the future and, you know, electrical cars, weed, whatever that's coming up. Obviously, weed isn't new, but what I'm saying is it's going to be the first time it's going to be legalized in America. So look into stocks when it comes to weed. Jay-Z did a bold move, and that's a, a great move. A lot of rappers have gotten into weed, and just hip-hop and weed just go together perfectly. So it makes sense. I don't know if I'll ever get into it because I don't know too much about it. If I do get into it, I'd have to um, go in with a partner that just knows more about weed than I do. So shout out to Jay-Z. I'm sure this business venture is going to do amazing he's the thing i i admire about jay-z is he takes his time with anything he enters and it's meticulous and it's calculated and it's just the right way and he doesn't care you know if it's going to take a while for it to blow up or become something big you know when he got into title he knew he's going to be in it for the long haul because you're going against spotify apple music and these big companies with billions and billions of dollars to spend so um, I feel like he's going to he's going to take his time with this, um, grow it once it becomes legal in every single state in America, expand it, so on and so forth. And I don't know if did Jay-Z has it. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Maybe you guys can answer this question as Jay-Z. Does Jay-Z even smoke weed? I don't even know. I huh, that'd be a good I didn't check. Let me see. I'm about to actually Google that because I'm really interested in seeing if Jay-Z does. I don't remember. I don't remember seeing Jay-Z smoke. weed. I've seen him smoke cigars, but. Does Jay-Z, <laughs> nothing wrong with smoking weed, by the way. I'm just curious because some artists, um, uh, some artists get creativity when they're smoking. So Jay-Z, I smoked some weed and that's how I finished Izzo. So H to the Izzo, he said, said, Jay-Z has said about one of his most recent popular singers. Um, there's all the times we're on drugs. So yeah, I guess he probably partakes in it here and there, but. Let me see. Back in the days when he used to smoke weed all the time. So, yeah, apparently Jay-Z used to smoke a lot of weed, but he's kind of cut back on it, which makes sense. Usually the older people get, the more they cut back on it. Um, so, yeah, shout out to Jay-Z. Billion-dollar man. Billion-dollar deals. Um, so, next topic, and I've kind of covered this. If you watch my What Happened too, uh, we're going to be talking about Hurricane Chris. Um Hurricane Chris, I did a video on him called What Happened to Hurricane Chris, and it was around the time where he um, got arrested for allegedly shooting someone who was trying to steal his car. So it, the crazy thing is, while I was doing that What Happened to video, that happened. So it's just like its timing was just it like right on time of when he makes headlines. I didn't intend for it to come out right at that time, but it just happened to do that. And that happens to me on YouTube. I know somebody in the comments was like, some people in the comments were like, Oh, Quake, you're just doing this video because of what happened to him recently. No, it's just sometimes you nail it right in the head. When Eminem and Machine Gun Kelly were going at it in 2018, I just happened to be working on an Eminem uh, versus Benzino who really won beef video, and it was the right time to do it. That's why it has so many views. That beef video has like 1.4 million, and it was just the right time. Sometimes you you think of things, and then it just, 
I don't know if the universe connects it. Obviously, this is not in a positive way because this is some serious shit that's happened to him. But uh, just yesterday, the news came out that Hurricane Chris has been indicted after the fatal gas station shooting. Um, let me go over the article. So originally, when this happened, the police let go Hurricane Chris. Hurricane Chris then went on Instagram and kind of cleared his name and said, hey, I didn't do this. Um, you know, as time comes out, you'll see the truth. Um, and apparently they've indicted him now just yesterday. So Louisiana rapper Hurricane Chris has been indicted in connection with a fatal shooting outside the Shreveport gas station four months ago. The ABBA artist um, was indicted on on a grand, was indicted by Caddo Parish grand jury on a charge of second degree murder in connection with the slaying of 32-year-old um, Danzira Ferris Jr. Ferris allegedly was shot several times at a Texaco station in Shreveport early on the morning of June 19th. Hurricane Chris, 31, was arrested later that day on one count each of second-degree murder and illegal possession of stolen property. Shreveport police said in a news release at the time, uh, the police said the rapper initially claimed he shot a man he believed was trying to steal his vehicle. Video footage appeared to show otherwise, police said. Dooley, Hurricane Chris, a.k.a. a Shreveport native, is the godson of former Democratic state rep Barbara Norton. I did not know that. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> Wasn't he like, he did an A Bay video in like, um, in some like uh, Congress house or something. Um yeah, he's been indicted, man. Uh, second degree murder. Uh, that's some serious shit, man. Um, um, so it's, it's going to be crazy if they're going to release that video footage and see what, what exactly happens, man, because this is some serious shit, man. Second degree murder could be seen, I don't know how many years in prison. What is second? Let me see what second degree murder gets you. Second degree murder. Um, usually can get you what? Second degree murder timing in Louisiana sentence. Because this happened. Second degree murder. Whoa. Life imprisonment without benefit of parole if you get charged with second degree murder in Louisiana. And it's possible you can, you can, um, no, no, I read that wrong. Okay, I was going to say death penalty, but no. So you can receive a life sentence. Man, that is insane. Jeez. Yeah, man, some some people's life paths are insane, man. It's just, that's what I'm talking about, man. Like, be careful who you surround yourself with. If it's toxic environments, if it's something you shouldn't be a part of or you do not feel like you should be a part of, get out of there, man. Because, see, like Hurricane Chris he still has a name, even though he hasn't been relevant musically in a while. He still has a name that if he were to say, hey, uh, Hurricane Chris gets into the sea, he made headlines. Like, even though it's a serious thing, uh, if Hurricane Chris were to go into business with somebody else, he would have some sort of um, leverage with his name. So, you know, it's still a brand name that works, but that's crazy. Um, geez, yeah, that's insane. So... Let me see. I got to write this down quick. Um, next topic I'm going to talk about is TikTok. <laughs> TikTok and today's music industry because, um, yeah, man, I, I was arguing with my friends about this 
usually when I when I get into arguments with my friends about things, I have an idea to talk about it on the podcast. So um, TikTok, the reason why I'm mentioning TikTok is I had actually talked to an artist um, about t- TikTok and where he stands with it and what he thinks. And this artist thinks it's the future, you know, because um, a lot of kids are on there. And if you don't know TikTok or if you're not on there, it's basically a video platform app that, you know, you can make funny 10 second to minute clips of whatever, really, um, you know, dances, um, give business advice. I've seen all kinds of shit on there, just crazy things. Right. So recently though, TikTok announced that they're, they're, um, going to premiere, uh, music on the app from certain artists. Um, so let me find the article quick. I was supposed to have it open, but, um, let me see find it quick, quick, quick. So yeah, TikTok uh, announces partnership with artists to debut new music ahead of Friday releases. So Thursday nights are exciting for music fans. You know, when midnight strikes, their favorite artists drop new music across the board. But TikTok is looking to give fans an opportunity to hear new music ahead of midnight as part of their new watermarked series. Platform is partnering with artists to debut new music for fans directly within the app. It was announced on October 20th, every Thursday at 11.30 p.m. Eastern. An artist will host Watermark on TikTok Live to give users an exclusive first listen to a new album before it hits streaming services at midnight. So that's like 30 minutes ahead of time that you're getting music, which is kind of interesting. Um, within that session, the artists will take listeners through the album's key tracks and answer questions from fans in the comments. Watermark kicks off this coming Thursday with country star Luke Combs, who will offer an exclusive first listen to the new deluxe of his album, What You Ain't See, You Always Get to Get, um, next week. So next week, Trippy Red is going to do it. He'll give fans an exclusive listen on his new album, Pegasus. Um, see the flyers. So back in April, TikTok struck a short-term licensing deal with Universal, Sony, and Warner Music Group. Um, so that just goes to show how much power TikTok is getting. It's like Vine. If you've, if you've ever witnessed Vine, uh, Bobby Shmurda blew up from him when he threw his hat up and people, um, there was like a funny clip about that. And and then that's how Bobby Shmurda blew up was because of Vine. Um, so TikTok has obviously taken over what Vine was and has become the new Vine. And TikTok is now, you know, getting involved into music a lot. And what I was talking to my friends about this is the reason why I mentioned TikTok and music is I feel like music's gotten worse because of these apps. And here's my, my argument. And you can feel free to agree, disagree, whatever you think. If you're watching this on YouTube, on video, you can leave a comment. Let me know what you think about this. But I feel like a lot of artists, whether intentionally or unintentionally are making music specifically for TikTok. And the problem with that is, is it interrupts creativity. You know, you want to make music because you just like what you made. You know, you want to make what you like and not because it conforms to what TikTok, you know, what platforms like TikTok like, you know, to, to have a kid dance to your song. You know, you make a song that's more up-tempo and more dance-like so kids can dance to it so then your song can blow up. You know, um, that, that, that uh, hinders creativity, man. And I... I there's nobody that can argue with me otherwise. I feel like 
like Drake when he made Tusi Slide. You know, that that was clearly, clearly a track for TikTok. And immediately, you know, the dance people were doing on TikTok and it went number one on the charts. So it is what it is. But I feel like because of these platforms, there are a lot of artists that are becoming one hit wonders. And the reason why I say that is because you'll hear about a certain artist for the moment that blew up on TikTok and then like six months later, you won't really hear from them. Another good example, and he hasn't really fell off right now. He still hasn't released a full album, which is kind of crazy because he's been kind of hot and relevant for the past two years almost now, it feels like, or a year and a half at least. And this artist is Lil Nas X, you know, the Old Town Road record when number one blew up and TikTok was part of the reason why. Um, and then the baby song, um, the rock star, you know, people were doing a dance to that. That went number one, but the baby's been more consistent musically. So you can't, you know, can't categorize Drake and the baby as a one hit wonder, obviously. So, um, but there's just certain artists that are blowing up. And my friends were playing this one, and it's a garbage ass song. Um, I'm not going to say the name because I don't even know what, what the hell it is. Like some whoopty or some shit like that. Um, <laughs> I'm sure the moment I said that, some people already know what I'm talking about, but it, the song is garbage and people are like dancing to it and playing it in the background. And I feel like just artists are just making catchy phrases like whoop D or some crazy shit just to kind of grab the attention of artists or like people, you know, and make sure people dance to the certain song and shit like that. And it's compromising the quality of music. And then it's also causing artists to make songs that are fucking one verse. Like, think about that one fucking verse. Like, imagine in 2005, if an artist came out and they just dropped songs with one verses. They would get shitted on. Like, I understand time changes things and evolves things, but it feels like just artists aren't trying anymore. They're like, eh, fuck it. We can get away with one verse. We'll get away with one verse. We'll just put one verse in the song. The songs are like a minute and 30 seconds, two minutes, sometimes two minutes and 30 seconds if you're lucky. Maybe if they repeat the hook long enough, it'll be two minutes and 30 seconds. And man, like just songs no longer be in three verses. And I understand three verses. If you're like, I've noticed for me personally, when I'm in the car on a long road trip, right? I'll bump a song that has like three verses. And I'll be like, damn, this song's pretty fucking long because I'll drive and I'll be like, yo, bumping and bumping the first verse, second verse. I'm like, shit, this thing is like going on forever, man. When is this song going to end? And then it ends at like four minutes and 30 seconds, four minutes, and 40, whatever. It's almost a five minute song, right? At the time, it does feel like a long song because when you play something that's only a verse long or hell, even two verses long, it's like three minutes long. And you're like, whoa, you know, this is it's a lot quicker, which I'm not saying, you know, artists need to bring back three verses per song. Obviously, that can be a little excessive, a little too much. But at least, man, at least do a mixture of everything on your album. You know, don't don't give us just one verse songs back to back to back to back to back. It just shows you don't care. You're not trying. You're doing half ass shit. And this is the whole argument of, are you doing this because you love it? Or are you doing this for the fame and money? And a lot of these artists, they're bullshitting you and they're doing it for the fame and money. They don't give a fuck about hip hop. They don't care about the culture. They don't care. They'll reap the shit out of it. And then they'll go on to something else or they'll just fall off the face of the earth, get the money they got. And then they're out of here. So that's what my argument with this TikTok stuff and these kind of trends is artists are not really focusing on the craft of the music. Give us at least, man, I remember when Trinidad James came out with All Gold Everything. Go listen to that song. You tell me how many verses it has. 
It has one fucking verse, and it came out in 2012. In 2012, people were going crazy, like, holy shit, this song only has one verse. Like, what the fuck? And I remember hearing at the time, I was like, watch, this is going to be the, the, the standard. Artists are going to go to one verse and be like, fuck it, we're going to do it one verse, and it is what it is. And, man, the music just suffers, man. Like, there's so many dope tracks out there, and they're only one verse. My friend, I remember we went to... Um, we went to a close beach location from Atlanta here, Myrtle Beach. And um, he was like, yo, play uh, the Jack Harlow song, uh, What's Poppin'. And I didn't like the record. Um, I like the remix, though, because it has so many verses. You know, it has Lil Wayne. It has Tory Lanez. It has um, Who's the Baby. So, uh, by the way, the baby had the best verse on there. But <laughs> um, they, the, the, the original song only has one verse. So I remember I was like, and I didn't really know that, you know, I kind of just, I played the original. I was like, my friend was like, yo, play the original. I like that more. And I was like, I played it. And then I was like, you know, I was here, I was listening, I was listening. I was like, okay, there's a hook and then there's a verse and there's a hook. And then it's just done. I'm like, what the fuck? So I tell my friend, I'm like, why do you like this version more? And he was like, oh, it's just, you know, I don't like to hear all those other rappers. I'm like, okay, that's fair. But dude, do you realize this only has one verse and he didn't even realize it. So that's my point is like a lot of these artists are just making one verse songs and people aren't even realizing they're just going with the flow. And the song's like two minutes long, a minute and 30 seconds. Like I remember when fucking interludes were a minute and 30 seconds. Now, like the actual songs are a minute and 30 seconds. So I don't know, man. I don't, I'm not a fan of that. At least make it two verses show that you care a little bit. Um, so that was my argument with it. I feel like people, artists are just going to, um, make songs for these type of platforms and not do it because they love the craft and they want to create what they actually like. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying every artist is creating garbage. I mean, look at Kendrick. The guy is taking three years just to drop one album. Where the fuck are you, Kendrick? <laughs> so we need artists. We need, which it takes time, but we need more artists to care. You know, release songs on your album. I would have it like this, right? Let's just say you release a 15-track album. Three to four tracks if you want, make them one verse. Five to eight tracks, make them two verses, and then the rest, make them three verses. You know, or just make it all two verses. But don't 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 release a bullshit album with one verse every track, man. Don't do that. I've seen that happen so many times. And, and then they release these bullshit-ass um, deluxe albums like... Bro, all you did, you, you know the Future and Drake song, Life is Good, how Future's part sounds completely different and how Drake's part sounds completely different. Those literally could be each their own individual tracks. And I feel like that's what artists are doing nowadays. They're just, they're making one verse songs and they're just kind of like tying them into one project and be like, oh, this is a full song because I split it into these. Like, nah, it's just, it's horrible, man. It pisses me off and it just shows you do not care about the craft. So I wanted to talk about that because... I'm sure it's going to get worse as time goes on. And God forbid we get into songs that are only a minute long because of TikTok, you know, where their videos are only a minute long. I wouldn't be surprised if songs become just a minute long. And it'll just be the artist with the hook and a quick uh, eight bars and it's over. <laughs> so I don't know. Um, that's my f rant on that shit because I'm tired of hearing this type of shit with one verses and, and bullshit ass songs. And don't get me wrong, some of them are fire, man, one verse. Sometimes it makes sense. Sometimes musically it's perfect. Like my my another one I'm complaining about is Jay-Z 
on I think it was 440. No, no, no. It was the Magna. I think it was Magna Carter. Holy Grail. Let me see. The song that has Beach is better. Um, look that up. Um, it's technically an interlude. Yeah, it was on Magna Carta, Holy Grail. came out in 2013. And, dude, the song is like fucking 50 seconds, a minute at most. And I fucking love this track. I was like, why the fuck? Why would you do a song, you know, you know, why would you do? And then this this guy asked him, actually, Jay-Z actually responded on Twitter why the song was so short. This guy said, why is Beaches Better so short? And then Jay-Z's like, um... Because it, the song is titled Beach is Better. So he's like, this is how I feel about vacations. Just when they're short. So that makes sense. But still, the track was so dope. Like, it was, I would love to hear him spit over that beat and continue it. But you have moments like that where artists just creatively decide to make shorter songs. That's fine, you know. That's how you feel artistically, you know, the route you want to go. That's fine. You know, if you do that one project, that's okay. But if you're consistently doing that, it just shows you don't give a shit, man. You don't care. Um, imagine... Anything that I've got into, I've never got into it for the money. When I started my hip hop website, I had that um, that website for two years. I wasn't two and a half years. You can almost say I wasn't making a single penny. I was just doing because I love to do it. And then money comes in. So anybody, if you're getting into shit, man, just for money, you're not going to fucking last. And it's going to show. It's clearly going to show through the content you produce. When I was entering YouTube, and I'm going to go Harper back to this. When I was entering YouTube, early 2017, March 2017 was when I was contemplating entering, and then April is when I officially got into it. I was look, I studied the market, right? And I was like, man, there isn't a lot of long-form content on hip-hop on YouTube. And there wasn't. There was videos that are seven minutes. Um, you had probably Adam22 from No Jumper who had his podcast, but I'm not counting podcasts. Um, excuse me. I'm counting. Um, sorry, my I drank something. My stomach is like, um, burping a lot or causing me to burp. Um, so I just kept looking at the market. I was like, dude, nobody's delivering long form content. And I thought about it. Why? Because I feel like a lot of people were in it just, just for the money. You know, you could see some people cared about it when they did their short form content. So I'm not taking away from people that was doing short form content saying they didn't give a shit about hip hop or anything like that. But you could tell certain people were just doing it just so they can get the views and get the money quick and just kind of dip out. Um, and a lot of them didn't last as time went on, so it shows. But, you know, whether you do short-form or long-form content, you know, I'm not bashing you, but I, when I entered it, I was like, man, you'll see topics on beefs, and they were like two, three minutes long. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, there's so much shit that happened in this beef. Why are you skipping over everything? You're not even trying. You're just saying, hey, this is what happened. This is the main point that happened. And then here are whatever the end result. I was like, nah, man, nah. Like you had Nas versus Jay-Z be like 20 minutes. I saw somebody make a video on 15, maybe 10 minutes. And that so much shit happened that you had 50 versus Ja. So much shit. Dr. Dre versus Easy that I just did. Pusha T versus uh, Wayne. All these beefs. They had so many intricate details of how things happened. And I was like, why is nobody creating this content? And then what happened Two videos? Um, people that made what happened to an artist, it was so quick and half-assed. It was like, hey, this is what they came out with at this point, and then this is where they're up to, and it's done. But there's so much amazing shit that happened in between you're missing out on. And I feel like people just didn't care, man. And that just shows some people just do it for money. Um, 
and I'm not saying people that do short content are only doing it for money. Don't get me, don't get my words twisted. But before I entered YouTube, I didn't see it. Right now, you're seeing a lot of it. Um, and I credit that to myself. I mean, you can do the Google, search it up, um, search on YouTube, do a custom time stamp, do uh, 2012 to 2017, do that timestamp, and then do 2017 till now. You'll see 2017 till now, you'll see a lot more of long form content. And that was because I entered in and I was like, listen, I'm not going to give you guys half bullshit, half assed content ever. You guys are going to get my best effort on everything that I do because I actually give a shit about this. You know, it's not, I'm not in this for the short term. I'm in this for the fucking long haul. That's why I started this podcast too. I don't care if right now we only have a couple hundred listeners. Shout out to everybody that's listening right now. I appreciate it. But I don't care if we just have a little bit of listeners right now. You know, we'll build this one by one by one. And as time goes on, it'll be one of the best podcasts you're ever going to listen to. So that's my mentality on these things. But yeah, I just went on a whole rant. But the last thing I want to talk about um, before I talk a little bit about new music, I didn't get a chance to listen to a lot of new music because a lot of the projects that came out, um, I wasn't really feeling. Uh, I know Ty Dollar Sign, Ty Dollar Sign dropped a project, which was kind of all right. It was pretty cool. Um, I want to talk about Jeezy versus uh, T.I., they accepted the battle on verses. If you don't know what verses, it's artists that go against each other hit for hit. And then, you know, basically the fans, I guess, decide who wins. But, you know, uh, T.I. initially challenged 50 Cent. Uh, 50 didn't partake in it. Um, and what made sense in everybody else's mind and even my mind was Jeezy versus T.I. You know, they're from the South, uh, both huge stables in Atlanta, hip hop. So it just makes sense, makes uh, sense, sense. <laughs> so uh, Jeezy challenged him on Instagram and then T.I. responded. And let me see. Uh, I know Busta Rhymes challenged T.I., but then T.I. was like, nah, because there's a generational gap. Um, so let me see what T.I. said. Let me see. Did T.I. even accept it? I might have gotten this wrong. Oh, wait. T.I. accepts. Yeah. So T.I. accepts versus challenge. Um, Jesus, Hop, whatever you like, rapper. Um, T.I. popped up in the, so he popped up in the comments. Um, he said, whom could this be? A long time constituent of mine be referring to me on his IOG post. Um, y'all tell small, y'all tell the snowman, which is easy. I'll be his huckleberry <laughs> catch and order the shit off the menu and y'all shall be served. So, sir, now let's see how much heat it takes to melt this snow. Wow, that's a dope ass line because Jeezy's a snowman. He said, let's see how much heat it takes to melt this snow. Shout out to TI for that. That's a dope ass line. So yeah, T.I. accepts it in a versus battle. And I kind of just wanted to go over, you know, what I think of this um, Jeezy versus T.I. I love both artists. I like T.I. a tiny bit more musically. He has more albums to me that I like and more tracks that I like. But let's go hit for hit, right? So I'm on Billboard right now. I'm looking at the chart history. T.I., let's go over T.I. T.I. has four number one hits. 
two of them are hit, are his own track, which is T.I. Uh, with Justin Timberlake, Dead and Gone, which is off of Paper Trail. And ironically enough, this track is also off of Paper Trail. And sorry, not Dead and Gone, Live Your Life featuring Rihanna was number one. Um, and then Whatever You Like was number one as well. So T.I. had two tracks that were his tracks that went number one. And then he has two tracks that aren't his tracks that went number one as well, which is Robin Thicke, Blurred Lines, obviously featuring T.I. and Pharrell, and then My Love with Justin Timberlake featuring T.I. Those two also went number one. So in a versus battle, you can do features, you can do whatever, anything, you know, any track that you were involved in, whether you produced, rapped on, co-wrote, whatever the hell, it's your track. If you were, had any involvement in it, you can use it. So on that terms, T.I. has four number one hits, which is huge. And on here it says then he has 11 top 10 hits. So let's go over some of the top 10. Dead and Gone, like I said, uh, peaked at number two. Uh, Bring Him Out peaked at number nine. Uh, Soldier with Destiny's Child featuring T.I. and Lil Wayne peaked at number three. Um, what else? What You Know About Dead peaked at number three. Showling with Young Dro with T.I. peaked at number 10. Swagger Like Us, which T.I. was involved in, peaked at number five. Um, so yeah, T.I. has got hits, hits on hits on hits. Big Things Poppin' peaked at number nine, which is kind of surprising that peaked at number I really like that record. Um, what else? I think that's 10. That, that, yeah, that constitutes the 10. So yeah, so 10, 11 top 10 hits, four number one hits, 56 total songs charted on the Hot 100. I'm going on Hot 100, which is all genres against each other. So let's go over Jeezy's now. Jeezy has only had one number one hit. And it's not even his track. It's Usher featuring Jeezy, Love in This Club. That peaked at number one in 2008 of March 15th. And then Jeezy has three top 10 hits. Um, one being, which is his biggest own hit, Soul Survivor featuring Akon. And then that peaked at number four. And then Hard with Rihanna featuring Jeezy. That peaked at number eight. Um, and then what's the next one? Because he said three. Oh, they're counting probably that number one hit too. So yeah. So yeah, he's had two two other records in the top 10. So clearly you can tell T.I.'s had a lot more commercial success. Now, street success, I don't know. That's up for grabs. Jeezy's had a lot of great mixtapes. T.I.'s had a lot of great mixtapes. T.I., though, I feel like has been more consistent. He just dropped an album. Jeezy kind of, the last drop, I think last album he dropped was TM-104. I think, let me search it up quick. But Jeezy's music, when it's come out, it hasn't really had that same impact that T.I. Yeah, TM-104 in 2019, The Legend of Snowman, which was an all right album to me. Um, so, uh Apparently, he's working on the recession, too, in 2020. That's what it says here, which would be interesting to hear. That. I like the first recession. I don't like, um, speaking of, like, a sequel or whatever albums, I don't like when artists, especially when it's their classic album, follow it up. You know, uh, that's what Kendrick said fairly recently. Let me actually talk about that, too. Uh, Kendrick talked about Let's Let me add that in for a little bit later. But I hate when artists follow up their classic albums with, like, uh, number two, you know, like if 50 were to do Get Rich or Die Trying 2 or if uh, J. Cole were to do Born Center 2 or um, 
fuck. I hated when Eminem did Marshall Mathers 2. That shit was horrible compared to the first one because everyone's going to compare it to the first one. So when that happens, it's annoying as fuck. So I don't know. I really like the recession. I doubt, I highly doubt. And if I'm proven wrong, thank God, because that's what I want to be proven is wrong on this, is the recession 2 is going to be as good as the recession 1. Um, and it makes sense because the rece- we kind of hit a recession with the whole COVID thing. So... Jeezy versus T.I., uh, my bet is on T.I., uh, just more hits, man. Uh, I really like Jeezy as well, though. I'm not counting him out. This T.I. has more hits, man. This is more, in terms of street records, you could argue more, but in commercial success, like I went over, you know, T.I. has 11 top 10 hits. Jeezy has three. So that that alone, commercially, just, you know. There's no debate on that. But in terms of street records, I don't know, man. I like Soul Survivor probably better than any T.I. street record that's ever come out. That's a huge statement because that, that Soul Survivor, even though it was uh, Jeezy's biggest like commercial hit, it felt more like a street record. It wasn't catering to females. It wasn't catering to a pop sound. It was just straight Jeezy talking about his life and then Akon with that dope-ass Soul Survivor hook. So the better argument is... The street records. What street records do you like more from Jeezy? What street records do you like more from T.I.? But um, album-wise, commercial hit-wise, I give this to T.I. I really can't see it going any other way. Um, if you're watching this on YouTube, leave me in the comments below. Let me know. Um, sorry, I'm getting used to I, I'm still used to YouTube format. So you guys that are listening to this on iTunes and Spotify, shout out to all of you. You know, Leave a rating, all that. Appreciate it. Thank you. Download the episodes appreciate the support but let me talk quick about Kendrick Lamar too because he finally this guy's been MIA he finally did a quick interview kind of uh for a magazine good kid he talks about good kid mad city and how he doesn't want to do a good kid mad city part two so let me let me go let me find that quick I totally forgot about this interview it's very very dope um let me find it quick 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 So yeah, there's a magazine called ID, probably on the first cover of ID's 40th anniversary issue. Um, there's Kendrick Lamar and Keem um, on the cover. And Kendrick's been MIA, so for him to even do this magazine cover, apparently ID just has great connections. So, um, And he's kind of introducing his uh, protege, which is his 20-year-old cousin, uh, Baby Keem. And while there, he talks about a few things. So um, let me see. This is what Kendrick says. Um, this is what the article says. Let's just go over the article. It says, Kendrick Lamar lays relatively low considering his celebrity status. In fact, it's a rare day when he speaks on social media yeah, and interviews. But in the cover story for ID Magazine, KDOT pops up to interview. So he's interviewing his 20-year-old cousin and protege, Baby Keem, and makes some interesting revelations along the way. In particular, he alludes to carving out a new sound for his highly anticipated follow-up 27 Pulitzer Prize winning album, Damn. So that's the first thing, is the reason why Kendrick's been taking such a long time is he's trying to innovate a whole new sound. If you listen to his albums, none of them, none of them sound the same. Not a single one. And that's just facts. You know, uh, Section 80 to Good Kid, Mad City to uh, to Pimp a Butterfly 
to damn, they all have something unique about them. And that's what I love about Kendrick is he isn't going to conform and be like, let me do the same shit because it worked the first time. He's going to do something completely different. So I appreciate that Kendrick takes his time. That's why it takes him forever to release an album. That's hard to do. So he says, I spend the whole year just thinking about how I'm going to execute a new sound. I can't do the same thing over and order and over. He explains to Keem, I need something to get me excited. He also admitted to the pressure he felt to execute his 2020, 20, 2020, 2020, 2012 sophomore album, Good Kid, Mad City, while explaining why he'll never make a sequel. That's what he says. I remember the sophomore jinx of Good Kid, Mad City. It was for that year and for that time, he says. I was in a different space in my life. I already knew off the top I can't make Good Kid, Mad City Part 2. The second I'm thinking that, it's corny, bro. That takes the feeling away from the first. I need that motherfucker to live in its own world. Then boom, to pimp a butterfly. Some of you love it to death. Some people hate it. I agree 100%. And this is why Kendrick's taking so long. Is to follow up a classic album is just... It's the dumbest, I don't know what artists, I don't know why artists do this. I think they're just trying to go into that that hunger that they first felt when they released this album or um, or at the moment that they were, because music is a time capsule, you know. When you hear certain songs, um, it, it takes you back to that time, you know, of when you were a kid or whatever moment when you were in this relationship with this person or, you know, when things were just going right and the song came out. So it's a time caps- capsule, and when you try to recreate that time capsule you're essentially trying to go back in time and we can't we can't fucking do that i don't know anybody has a time machine so um you know shout out to the government they might have a time machine but (laughs) um they you just can't can't create it man can't recreate it and i hate when artists redo that so yeah shout out to kendrick for never thinking of doing that it is corny i'm glad he said it's corny bro 50 don't ever fucking create garage guy trying to or i'm gonna shit that album to death please don't do it at one point he was thinking of doing it um j cole never recreate uh born center two please do not ever recreate that eminem i hate you for creating marshall mathers lp2 even though people will be like oh it wasn't that bad of an album still it's not as good as the first one um i don't know anybody else who recreates albums just stop fucking doing it just live where you know live in the moment create something new i personally get bored myself if i'm recreating things um and that's why i kind of got off of the website thing because my website was doing all right i could have kept continuing it but i need new things to kind of keep energy flowing me that's why i created the podcast too is something where i can do something different you know i'm tired of doing the same things over and over i get bored quickly if i'm doing the same things over and over so continuing on kendrick dropped some wisdom on fame for Keem, who he feels is up next in terms of notoriety. You've got an interesting story, though, he tells Keem. I think a lot of people will relate to it. There's no pressure when you arrive at that place, but when you do it, it's going to give you some real therapy because you'll know how many people you touch. Because of all this shit going on, you've not been able to experience a fan walking over to you telling you you stopped me from killing myself. It can be an emotional draining. It can be emotionally draining as well as rewarding. That's part of the game, your voice for a lot of young people, a lot of older people too. That's dope of him to say to his um, cousin. I haven't heard of uh, Baby Keem. I need to check out his music, but um, yeah, that's what he says in the article. Those were taken, so shout out to Kendrick. I can't wait for the new music. 
that's it for today's podcast. We actually reached an hour by myself without my brother here co-hosting, um, which is surprising to me. I kind of went on a couple of rants. Um, let me know what you guys think. You know, just me on here. Um, do you guys like having a co-host? Um, I'm thinking about bringing someone else new too, just to see how we vibe together. But we're in an experimental stage, man. There's going to be episodes that, um, you know, that are going to be wacky and off, you know, from the norm of whatever the norm is going to be. I don't even know what the norm is going to be. So what do you guys think of this episode? Give me feedback as usual. Um, thank you all for the support. This is the Diverse Mentality Podcast, episode number four, Solo Dolo. Shout out to Dizzy Wright. I love that record. If you haven't heard that record, search up Dizzy Wright, Solo Dolo. He's a beast. Um, that track is fire. So I named it technically after that track because that's the first thing that popped up in my head. Yeah, sorry for me ranting like crazy. Shout out to everybody that's watching on YouTube. I'm pointing at the cameras. I know I don't watch. I don't look at them a lot of times. I apologize. I mess around with this pen too much. I think this energy drink got me a little too hyped. So I apologize. I keep messing around with this pen and writing random shit down. I'm turning into fucking Kanye West where he just goes on these random rants. So um, shout out to everybody that's listening. Appreciate it. Thank you for the support. This is the Diverse Mentality Podcast. Have an amazing day, night, time. Thank you to all the people that are listening day by day. You guys are the day ones. I appreciate it so much because this is going to grow into something amazing. Just give me time. Everything that I've done has been blown up and become something amazing, successful. All the things you guys have loved that I've created took time. So thank you so much. Appreciate the support and have a great blessed day. Peace.